0: The teaching ministry of judah Olor-Mae, a man called of god to compel consecration provoke repentance and inspire worship by the preaching and teaching of god's word and the miraculous demonstration of god's power god's word is about to hit you as life and strength get ready for an encounter with grace so we'll continue in the conversation is still the doctrine of giving and finances Second Corinthians chapter 9, we don't have the luxury of the screen. So, open your Bibles, look into the Word yourself. We always tell you, bring your Bible to church. One day, the projector will embarrass you. Today is that day. Bring your Bible to church. Amen? Amen! Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, from verse 1 to quite a number of verses to look at here. But let us start from somewhere. Let's start from verse 6. But this I say, okay, let's start from verse 5. Pardon me. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Look at that phrase. Not as a matter of grudging obligation. Verse 6 For this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity. Those are key words. For God loves, God prefers a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. And then it goes ahead, goes ahead in verse 10 and says, Now may you supply seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Can you say amen? amen. Well, some of these um, prayers are only forgivers. So if you, if you don't practice giving, when you get to this point, you will just um, overlook the prayer because there's no seed really. <laughs> While you are enriched in everything, For all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the need of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, everybody say ministry. And that's the ministry of generosity. They glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men Hallelujah Amen. I'm teaching tonight on the giving motives. the giving motives. that's the sermon title let's quickly pray Lord we trust your word to bless and to educate transform convict and do everything it usually do And we receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. The giving motive. Humans are rational beings. What that means is that everything we do, we do for a purpose. There's a reason you wore the dress you wore today. There's a reason. The reason may be a silly reason, it may be a petty reason, but there's a reason. There's a reason I'm putting on these glasses. It may be a petty reason, it may be a useful reason, but there's a reason. There's a reason I'm talking the way I'm talking with this kind of accent. There's a reason. It may not be something that you consider important, but there's a reason. Everything we do, we have a reason, we have a motive, we have a driving force. Hallelujah. There's a reason you said amen when I said hallelujah. There's a reason you did not say so. There's a reason for doing everything that you are doing. And so when you study God, you understand God as somebody who is not just after doing the right thing, but doing the right thing for the right reasons. Doing the right thing for the right reasons. Listen, there are many things people can do that are good, but if it's done with the wrong reason or for the wrong reason or with the wrong motive, there's a problem. Look at Matthew chapter 6, about the first six verses. Jesus began to teach... He says, when you give, don't allow your right hand or your left hand to know what your right hand is doing. Don't give and take a selfie and take a picture I say, wow, we are the givers, agba givers. Now we, they give. Now we, they help them. He says, because people who give like that don't have any reward. Now, giving is good, but it can be done for the wrong purpose. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. They love to pray out loud, publicly, so that everybody can call them Agba prayer warrior. Pray yo. Pray fire. Now, it's prayer, but the reward, the blessings, the fruit of that activity is not in fact because the way it is done or the motive that drives the action is corrupt. Hallelujah. It says, when you fast, do not fast like the hypocrites. Do not act in a way that suggests, oh, I'm fasting, everybody sees me, fast. faster. You can fast, oh. It says, wash up, clean up, smell nice. The Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Hallelujah. Amen. So good things can be done in a wrong way, for the wrong purposes, with the wrong motives. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 15 to 17. Paul says even concerning preaching, some people preach with a wrong motive. They preach to add, I mean insult to my injury. They preach out of contention. They preach out of envy. Somebody can be preaching and his motive for preaching is not correct. God will not just mark his preaching, it will mark his motives. Hallelujah. So, motive is very important. We've talked about giving. We've explained why we should give. But the motive of giving must be established and extracted from scriptures. If not, people may even be giving, but it, it does not count in the books of God. Oh, yeah. When the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, which means God prefers a cheerful giver, it does not mean if you give God without a cheerful spirit, God will reject it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But the word love is prefer. I would prefer you give it cheerfully. There are people who are not giving cheerfully; they, they gave with tears in their eyes, so it's a sacrificial giving. God will say, even though it's a sacrifice, I prefer you still give it cheerfully. Hallelujah! Amen. So that's why we have to establish this truth of the motive of giving. First Corinthians chapter thirteen: amazing stuff here. Yeah. It, it says that. Even if you have faith that moves the mountains or you prophesy and then or you won't give yourself or give your goods out but you don't have love. You are actually not as valuable as you think you are. So somebody can be given and is not given with the motive of love and that reduces his worth as it were so get your motives right get your motives right because it's not enough to do the right thing your motive must also be right hallelujah so that's why we are explaining this subject second corinthians 9 and verse 7 we read that earlier he says let everyone give as he proposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity when people give offerings grudgingly or of necessity it's not the best way to give but some of them you can't blame them they have not been taught about the motive about the how about the ways you should give the how the why very important beyond the what beyond giving you should be taught how to give why you should give the way to give otherwise you'll be quite a number of things praying fasting giving but it won't count for much your father who sees in secret will reward. So many people say, I'm giving, there's no reward. By the time you check how they are giving, you see that this kind of giving does not attract rewards. It's not this not the way to give. <laughs> you may be giving a lot, but it doesn't attract rewards because you are not following the template that the scripture recommends for giving. Exodus 25 and verse 2, God was going to raise funds for the building of the tabernacle. He commanded Moses. The exact words he used were people that give willingly, collect from them. In other words, in fact, in that sense, if they were not giving willingly, well, you should not worry. Let me show you from scriptures. I'd like you to read it clearly here. Exodus 25 and verse 2. Then the Lord, okay, verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 2, speak to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering, everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. It sounds like if you don't give it willingly, don't collect it. Don't collect it. I've, I've had to reject gifts as a pastor. This is not a willing gift. <laughs> I see the attitude, I see the disposition, I say, no, 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 I don't want. Thank you. take it back, I don't want. If you're going to give me something as a man of God, you don't give it to me like I'm a beggar. So if you're not giving it willingly, if it's grudgingly, you're not proposing your heart. That's why I don't like emergency fundraising. It's not a, it's not a biblical approach. People should propose in their hearts. I'll soon show you. In fact, in the early church, before they collected offerings, they announced ahead of time we we'll collect offering, you know, everybody should keep one thing ready. It's not like we just emergency funders say eh, no, you must give. No, 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 no. That's not the biblical way. Glory to God. So, motive, motive, motive. Very, very important lesson in the subject matter of giving. When the right motive of giving is not understood, what happens is that it brought many wrong, unethical, and manipulative ways of giving and receiving. When the right motive forgiving is not understood and established it births many wrong unethical and manipulative ways of giving and receiving many preachers have not learned this thing many of the people that have made believers to be stingy are preachers the way they teach the concept the way they preach about the subject you will take them a thief they become manipulative they scheme. They devise a means to extract from people because they were not. And some of them, they are just—they are sincere, but they are sincere, sincere, simple ones. If I can be nice, a bit sincere but uneducated, sincerely ignorant. Maybe that's what they have seen all the while. That's what they watched growing up in ministry. We've got to look at the biblical way. If you want to motivate believers to give, what is the biblical way? And if you want to receive, how do you motivate people to give? And if you want to give, what should be your motivation? This has to be taught from scriptures, not from any denominational textbook, from scriptures. Hallelujah! So, please, I want to apologize on behalf of many of the people that have taught you wrongly and made you stingy and made you feel that preachers... Uh, servant of Mammon. Maybe they didn't know better, but I'm trying to straighten your perspective here. And I will do it from scripture. This is not my personal opinion. Paul raised money in scriptures. How did he raise money? (laughs) How did Paul do it? What What motivation did Paul give the saints to supply the needs of other saints? Or to supply the, you know, storehouse as it were? What was the motivation? Because you're not going to get people to give without explaining the right motivation. I told you last week, people are not just going to give because they are believers. Every believer is going to give automatically. No, 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 They must be taught. They will be taught. Line upon line, precept upon precept. And then they understand it, then they act on it. The Holy Ghost will not force money out of your pockets, money out of your purse, even if the course is worthy. You will have to be taught. When you are taught, then you understand it, then you begin to practice it. Hallelujah! okay now let me slow down because i want to explain this concept emphatically there are a couple of motives for giving that that is very popular that i want to uproot from your soul three of them i would take time to explain them a little bit wrong motives for giving if you are giving for these reasons you are wrong your gift will be a billion dollars you are wrong Emptied your account, but you are wrong. That's not the Bible. This is not the biblical motivation for giving. The first is when you give to flaunt your superiority or to control people. When you give to flaunt your superiority or to control people, your giving is from a wrong motive. It is not good. It is sinful. In fact, <laughs> I don't want to say it is witchcraft, but it is manipulative. If I give you something and I'm giving you something because I want you to double and greet me very well, something's wrong with me. If you give me something, I told you, don't be angry with Victor, please. Eh? If you are not, if you don't like to hear yes, sir, then I don't know, but don't somebody is excited by the word never, it's, it's never a wrong thing. I prefer that one billion times and you look at me like a statue. So, I'm not complaining. Nobody should complain. Amen? Yeah. Thank you. What was I saying? If you give to front superiority, you're wrong. If you're going to give me... I was explaining a silly song that somebody said, God will bless you. You go pay tight for inside bullion van. Pastor, go kneel down. You go pray for him. And that kind of a silly, stupid thinking is because people actually give to control people. You give to a church so that you can control the pastor. And the pastor does not have the right to tell you what to do anymore. You are in charge now because of your money. Your money perish with you. It, it, that's what that's what that, those were the words of Peter to Simon the sorcerer. He said, Give me, he said, take money and give me also this one." Peter said, Do you know are, your money perish with you? God punish on your money. And it has to get that hard when somebody tries to use money to control sins. Hallelujah! Yeah. You don't use money to control people. You want to give, give. What's wrong with you? Is that why you gave? Is that the essence of giving? You cannot be giving, imagine giving Jesus money. And then, I say, Jesus, I called you to my house. You did not come. And I'm supporting your ministry. <laughs> Like seriously. So, if you are giving, and the essence of your giving is because you want more respect, you want to earn more points in the societal ranking systems. Eh? You want people to see you as a ranker, daddy. You, you are, you are, you have, you have collected your reward already. There's no reward from God. there, There are rewards, but it's not from God. Are you listening to me here? Yes, Don't give to control people. And let me tell you in the reverse, if somebody is giving you money and is manipulating you, you are not better off. Stop collecting it. Stop collecting it. You met a guy last week. He gave you ice cream. He said, come to my house this night. Eh? 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 <laughs> ice cream. How much is ice cream? Are you so cheap? Victor. You are not a girl. Everybody will be saved. Don't worry. Everybody will be saved. Amen. So the point I'm making here is check. Many people may be doing something called giving but when you check the motive there are many people who give and you see that this person is just manipulative, manipulative, trying to control, trying to influence the narrative. If you want to give somebody and the essence of that giving is to make you appear that you are better than the person, say, I'm better. You know, I'm, That's why I'm giving him. I'm better than you. You are a small, 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 oh, modern, yeah. I will, what I will give you. Oh, your heart needs a surgery. You need, to be, you need to be fixed on the Lord's table. So, don't give to flaunt superiority. Don't give as a means to control people. Hallelujah. Amen. The second wrong motive for giving don't give as a bribe, especially to God. People think they can bribe God with their giving. Somebody's living in iniquity, living in unrighteousness. It brings a, an heavy thight, And for his mind, when I give God this one, God will just have mercy on me. That's what Saul tried to do. God said, obedience is better than sacrifice. What are you doing? This thing you are doing is witchcraft. Rebellion. They asked him, go and eliminate all the Amalekites. He said he kept the sheep. For what? For sacrifice. Who asked you for sacrifice? You think God is a sacrifice, hungry God whom you can bribe? I didn't obey you, but use this song. Cover your mouth. No vex. That's not God. That's not God. Many of you have learned these things towards human beings. Even though it's also a good way to say, I'm sorry. But say the sorry first. Not be say, I've seen this thing with parents. Parents do not say, I'm sorry. Say, which shoe do you want to buy now? Can you apologize? You beat me for something that was not was my fault. Can you just say, hey, son, I'm sorry? A rapture will not happen. You will not die. Daddy you will not die. You are not a daddy yet, but training yourself. Because one of the things you accuse your parents of doing, you will do it too if you don't learn. You will do it too. I cannot open I, the I academy and apologize to my son. Oh, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, he's not a human being. Doesn't he has rights? To, if I did something wrong, should I should not say, Oh, yeah, take this kid now. Ah, that's a wretched way of thinking. <laughs> Just say sorry. Then after what you can you can be generous. Don't give as a bribe to God. Your giving does not substitute for your disobedience. It doesn't. If you are going to if you are going to disobey God, let it be clear that you can never pay. You can never pay to compensate for it. You can never. Ah, God. God's value system. <laughs> no. It's not. It doesn't deal with pounds and dollars. God is not your favorite politician. What is valuable to him? Your obedience, your submission, your allegiance. Glory to God. Yes. And human relationships, learn to just, if you have done something wrong, instead of trying to bribe. This bribing culture is very popular in Africa. You know, you travel on the road and you have to tip the few. Police on the road because your papers are not complete. Why are your papers not complete? In the first place. And we have created a, you know, a system of corruption. So somebody is carrying human head in his boots. But with 100 nera, he can pass. Ha! Kai! You see, the kind of, the, the thing that happens when <laughs> we don't understand these principles, the effect on the society is terrible, really. And the church must begin to change the narrative. Hallelujah! Amen. So second thing here, don't give as a bribe to God or to men. Your giving does not make up for your wrong actions. Number three, which is perhaps the most controversial point, don't give as a transaction. Don't give transactionally, particularly with respect to reciprocation many young people have learned distance and it's very worrisome i see it with respect to even even um public affirmations there's so much pressure to reciprocate he posted me on his birthday i don't like him to but me too i will post him i will help him post him like what, what is this nonsense what are you talking about my my, I will, I will say it's Yoruba for me. My my post, I I don't I don't get it. Sharing a picture is what? So the person is half naked. He right? say he posted me on his birthday. Let me too What is this? Some of you that do business, be careful. Amen. Yeah. Because somebody, your own business is a legal business. Well, yeah. legal in the moral framework. You are selling suya. Amen. Yeah. So you see Judah, Suya and Spice. Okay, you like the inspiration? You know how much there is a cow? That's already if I start marketing mobile suya, you know, you order, you order and deliver. You don't have to go to Umalam. In case you are worried about the hygiene, we have packaged everything, everything is so that's it. I've dashed to an idea. Go and do it. I've dashed to an idea. Now if you are doing business, be careful the people you ask for repost. Say, help me broadcast this. One day, one day, two, she goes send you brown past pictures. Say, help me broadcast. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Say, it's a reciprocal. It's a reciprocal. <laughs> you scratch my back, I scratch your back. <laughs> the angels will be looking at you to see. So be careful. It's not everybody asks ask for help. It's not everybody Because some of the things they will demand from you, you cannot do it. But don't give for the sake of, you know, exchange. No. With God, the popular theory is you give to God and then he gives to you. And let me say it like this. Emphatically, and I will soon teach about it in a more elaborate sense. You cannot give to God in the way he teaches and commands and you will not be blessed. But if that's your dominant and only motive, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So if you give to God, should you expect a return? Yes. But should you be obsessed with the return such so that it becomes your motive, your absolute motive for giving? No. That's not the way. Glory to God. There are a lot of, a lot of practices we do in church that is very wrong. Not in this church anyway, but I've been in church environment all my life. Going into the preacher's house. We are giving an offering. We say, command the offering. Decree to the offering. Send the offering. Say, why? What, what is it? Can't you just give? What is it? It's, send, send that offering now. Command it. So the offering now becomes a magnetic pull. That when it gets to God, it will now bring all the money from God's hand. You are doing business. You are not giving. That's not, that's not how to give. When we receive offerings, yeah. We just receive offerings and we thank the Lord a blessing for his supplies. You don't have to not send the and and the to your offering on and decree to your offering. Now speak to your to necessary. You see, investments you are doing, you are giving. It's giving, I'm just giving. So we know that give and it shall be given unto you. That's the word. The scripture cannot be broken. But to not let that to be the ultimate primary motive of giving, you no. Know, same thing with human beings, if you are going to give to people, let it not be because you want to receive back that's not, that's not the right motive I've said it severally as a pastor, people okay, maybe I've not said it here but many people see me and they say something that is very interesting, oh, the pastor many young people, great you know, in 10 years time when they are millionaires, they will help you, and I laugh <laughs> you don't know me for you, to talk, for you to think about me like that, you don't know me I may not even have their numbers. Depending on the kind of relationship we have with them. But they be saying they are millionaires now. Remember me when I was your pastor? I was helping you. Me? You should not be too proud for that now. Yeah. I've got class. I don't do that kind of abuse. I don't do that kind of life. Nah. If you want to help me, help me. Who? <laughs> but I, say, I go there. I go there. remain say, you know, I was your pastor. You know, so. Nah. I don't do that stuff. When I get to heaven, I hold your nose. I say, "Guy, away, away, away!" But on the earth, nah. Glory to God. See, the Bible commands parents to leave an inheritance even for their children's children. Let that be your standard. Don't be a mother that borrows money from her child and say, "All oh, the breast-, breast milk I've been giving you, in court. I will not return. That's that, that's not Christian practice. Some of you, your parents did like that to so you. You don't, don't be like kind of a parent. When you co- you hear yeah, very well, yeah. When when if you borrow money, I borrow money from my son. My son is totally richer than me. Yeah. Yes, I'm serious. People just like him and give him money. Me, I'm laboring the work, nobody remembers me. So when I borrow money from him. I pay back. And then they say, God, food you have been eating this house, it's "No, it's not, it not. Like, no. Come on, be a Christian with class, amen? amen. Live and inhabitants for your children's children. That's how supposed to work. Don't give so that, there's this irrevited that, uh, you know, something about rats uh, and mouse to begin to suck the breast of the child or something like that. Now, I, I I'll soon get there, as a child, supposed to honor your parents. That's what the Bible says? Whether they are wealthy or not, you are supposed to honour your parents. But that should not be the motive for nurturing a child. You know, in old days, people give back to children as a means of financial security. So we don't know the one that will, that will blow. I pity the the parents of 100 days ago. If only they knew that football would be this financially rewarded, They would have sent all their children to football school. But in those days, they used to flog us for playing ball. Hola, oh, play ball! You are not serious. Now, if you have a child at the leg coughs more, say, hey, this one now, footballer. He go bring money. <laughs> I mean, in those days, little children playing with gadgets used to be. I mean, why you play with gadgets? Go, must be a lawyer, doctor, or an engineer. Those are the only things. Now, now, tech bro, now game get money. Tech bro. If parents of this don't know, hey, which kind of doctor? Now, tech you go do. Go buy a computer for a main depressor. But we don't nurture children for that purpose. Parents, if, to, if say tomorrow, fifteen years from now, 20 years from now, God calls you to a missionary in Burundi. I'll say, oh, you have my blessing. My we'll meet in heaven. Hmm? Some of you will first, your educational career was first compared because your parents just want to get back from you. Some of them, although some of them give you, because of job security, they say, no, this is a better job for your own security. But, you know, what I'm saying is that, see, it's not transactional. You give so that you can get back. Whatever I do for you as a pastor, I'm not doing it so that I can get, if I want to get back, I know where that, I know where to, I know where to go to get back. Come on. Ah, you no, know, pastoring is a poor business strategy. It's a wretched business strategy. Wretched. Come on. <laughs> if, if I'm doing it for money, no, 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 I'm a fool. So it's not about, it's not about give to get back. That's not the mindset, the motive for Christian giving. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay? Giving transactionally is giving out of selfishness. God does not reward that. God does not honor that. In James chapter 4 and verse 2 to 3, the apostle James says something very profound. He says, where the fightings come from? It comes from your lust. That is, the first lust is strong desire to have, particularly have things that are not necessarily important, have luxury. He says you fight, you kill and you don't have. You don't have because you ask not. And even when you ask, you don't receive because you ask to consume it upon your lust. You see that? Prayer is supposed to be like an almighty formula. If you ask, you will receive. In the context of Jesus' words, ask and you shall receive. Matthew 7. But when you do it for the wrong motive, you will see that it's not working. And you cannot, you cannot tie God's hands and say, Hey, you must give me, a, I've asked and I must receive. If you do it for the wrong motive, you will see that it's not working. Amen. Giving works. Giving is rewarding. But only when it is done with the right motive. Glory to God. Now, I've explained that. Let me go on to the next thing I want to say. Wrong methods of motivating believers to give. And if you are going to be in ministry or you are in ministry, pay attention to this conversation beyond the physical audience. There are many people listening to me online now who are in ministry who don't know how to motivate saints to give. There are proper ways, ethical ways, but the wrong ways to motivate that are very popular in our generation includes fear, threats, and shaming people. It's a wrong way to motivate people. I don't know how somebody goes to the bus, bus stop or bus park and he says he's a preacher. He begins to pray for safe journey. He now says, Tyre will not smash your head this afternoon. Tyre will not cut your leg off. He's painting fear scenarios and after three minutes of that demon-inspired prayer, he says, support the gospel. That gospel perish with you. is what I would say. I mean, you're, you're, manipulative. You bring fear into the situation. You, you, you bring fear. You try to use fear as a means to motivate people to give. Wrong. People caught malacriti and understand when they are trying to encourage people to give tight. And they say, devour, devour. That's not how to motivate believers to give. That's not, you don't build from the fear. Fear is a bad, fear is an abominable tool in the hands of a preacher. No! If people want to give, or if you want them to give you, teach them biblical methods, biblical motivation. Fear is not part of it. You don't see Paul raising money and say, You know, I'm an apostle, and if you don't give me, a curse will come upon you. Nah, do that. you don't see Paul talking about devourer. You don't see Paul talking about that. You don't see Paul creating fear scenarios to help or to, to force people to give. That's not what it is. The devourer is a, is a, a an authentic concept, and I'll tell you how to. I'll tell you the implication of that concept next week when I teach on tithes and offerings. But to use as a tool of fear to make people afraid no, no, amen. amen. No threats. Say, there's a spirit of death here. I was watching a video, my heart broke. This so called prophet said, There's a spirit of death over a woman. And it was gonna only be cancelled by hundred dollars. And the woman said, I don't have. And he pointed to one and said, You will give it or you will die. You will give it or you and the woman said, Yes, papa, yes, papa. I say, Oh dear. Yes, papa. Someone someone you should say, your money, your ministry, your gospel perish with you. Yes, papa. No worry. No liar. I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna die because you said I would die because I don't have hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. See, this a up there over you, and you must give it. And the woman, you could see she did not have. The woman, you must give it. You must give it. And if you don't give it, you will die. You will die. You will die. I'm clapping. I say, oh boy. I will. You sounding like comedy. I I'll I will go and look for the video and send it to you. In church. glory to God uh, we, need, we need believers who know stuff, who know their stuff who cannot manipulate it we need solid believers, Bible believers not somebody who just, you wear a suit and tie you come with a preacher's voice and somebody just drop you, drop and sell you and, and, and buy you and, and come on so no fear no threats, no shaming no shaming, if people are going to give, let them give if they don't give, you don't shame them you don't shame them. Many of you here do not give on some issues. It should not be a shaming matter. It should not be a shaming matter. No. If you don't have, we will trust God for you. If you are stingy, we will teach you. But we must never shame you. No. I make you. I used. You see, I know what it is. See, shame is a very big problem in church circles. I grew up in, um, an academic environment while I was at University of Learning, my Christian experience there. Yeah. And I noticed every time believers did not have enough, there was a stigma around them. For instance, if a Christian student did not pass their exams and had to repeat another year, they would change church. Because there was an atmosphere of shaming failures. So they will change church to each other where nobody even knows that this one has repeated a, a year. That's not good. The church is supposed to surround the weak, cater for the weak. During offering time, there's a way we can collect offering that will make someone who does not have ashamed. And he doesn't have. Say Man, package your offering. Wave it to the Lord, wave it to the Lord, wave it to the Lord, wave it to the Lord. It to the Lord. <laughs> hey, hey, Kill your day. is this a wave offering. Do you know what of Wave offering wave of his envelope. <laughs> go ahead and let me to cause and understand the wave of what, what is that? So it's said, wave, wave of to the Lord. Wave to the Lord. You used to find yourself. Find yourself. Find yourself. <laughs> it was Reverend George Adeboye who said he went to, I don't want to mention names, but he was one of his foremost leaders in those days. And Eventually, the man got into extremes of this prosperity gospel stuff. One of the things that amused Reverend George was he would go and the man will say, if your offering cannot fan you, it means it is not good enough for God. Make sure what you put there is enough to find yeah, yourself. If it's one note, it cannot find you. Let's be like seven notes. Yeah. Let me tick. Let, me, let you please me tick. We don't have to shame the poor. Glory to God. But poor, we're comfortable around Jesus. Comfortable. If we preach, we still give them bread and fish. That's the life. Glory to God. Yeah. So no fears, no threats, no shaming. Second, emotional blackmail. No, I'm a missionary. People are dying. People are dying. Hello? Just share the gospel without any emotional blackmail. See, we don't give no one who is this night. I'm a man of God. Well, maybe God will send the birds to feed you, the ravens, as He did to Elijah, or send the widow. But you don't have to blackmail us emotionally. Amen. Amen. One televangelist—I don't want to mention his name—but he cried on TV saying that if the audience does not donate to his television, no, he was in university at that time, his university building project, that God will kill him, and he was crying. Say, please, I don't want to go to heaven now. You've got to help me. <laughs> God's gonna take my life if you don't support my work. What is this nonsense? Dr. Use name, you'll be surprised. All of us, if we are not well taught, we can do Namanamatins. Are you listening to me? Yes. No emotional blackmail. State the vision, state the purpose of the fundraising. Simple. You say on the cry when camera day. As soon as the camera ends, you clean your face and How did it go? Just well day. Okay. Come on. What is this? Are you a movie actor? So no blackmail. We want you to give is when I give when I'm when I'm raising funds here, I tell you what we want to do. What we want to do. We'll be happy if you support us. This is what we will be able to do if you support us. That's where it ends. I will motivate you from scriptures, but to be, be acting up an emotion so that you can now respond. No. Beware of places where they try to use emotions to get money out of you. It is either the preacher is not well taught or it is not even the house of God. No, you don't have to. Now, when I say use emotions, there are some things you will hear that may break your emotions down. Okay? If they show you pictures of, of you know, hungry little girls and boys in Burundi and Botswana who don't even have food you, your emotions may be like, wow, and you may give. But if somebody deliberately uses that to manipulate you, eh? Huh? I know of people who don't have any physical ailments. They will now go and do makeup that looks like they have diseases and go to the road and say, Help me. I have this tumor. Help me. I mean, how low can you get? Poverty is a terrible curse. Not just poverty of, or lack of money, but when you are poor in your mind. Hi. Hey. Glory to God. I've taught you this several years, especially you ladies. Stop putting crying emoji on your status. Stop it. If people are going to help you, they're going to help you. Stop trying to emotionally manipulate people. But <laughs> <laughs> well, when you eat our my you need the colors. Yes, and the colors. <laughs> Love it to oh God. You, God. <laughs> and then number three, manipulation by using God. As a source of authority for fundraising, God told us to build this church, God told us to complete this project. We cannot disobey God. Hello, no, you don't need all of that. The Bible knows it's the house of God. God told me to raise one million naira before the end of this night. What, what, what is that? And God told you, hey, we, take care of it, we take care of it now. Don't you have to be shouting and be threatening us. Many people use door sales. Those sales. Not, you should donate that car. Why? God tell you, not tell me. Somebody not make like the donations. Make God tell me. People use it for marriage. God told me you are my wife. You are a liar. Come on, toss the bed. Toss the bed. Toss the bed. Come on, be a man. God told me I'm my wife, you must obey. You are a liar. Your 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 your, your man didn't perish with you. When I don't feel me, I don't use God's name to manipulate, manipulate people to lie. I don't like that stuff. God told me that seven people here should show a $7,000 seed. $7, what is all this? God appeared to me at 2 a.m. at the 9th and told me there's a covenant of wealth for seven people here. Seven people. If you can sow into that covenant, what is all this? Collect your money and get out. What is all this? You have normalized so much rubbish. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So when you begin to say that kind of a thing, no, 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 no. Don't, people use twist, twist scriptures to twist the truth. The Bible says, should not appear before him empty-handed. I didn't call empty-handed. I am more than a son heaven. Today, I brought myself. I am your sacrifice. I didn't call empty huh? I don't get off you, No means I come empty-handed. Amen. Yes, All the manipulated people are beg now to respond glory to God yeah. let me progress here second Corinthians chapter nine. I'd like you to see these scriptures again and see a few things that is highlighted from the words of Apostle Paul that gives us a framework to deduce the concepts of accurate bible motives for giving it's not stated verbatim, but by the time you read the book and you understand what Paul is saying, you can extract the pattern from there. Many things were said, but let's start from verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you and grace here is talking about gifts blessings financial provisions all of that that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work as it is written he has dispersed abroad he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever now may he who supplies seed to the sow and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits. Of your righteousness, Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I like you to see a few things from this chapter, and I will reference one other chapter, First Corinthians 16. But let's see this chapter first. First of all, I want to establish that persuasion is not manipulation. That you are persuaded to give does not mean you are being manipulated to give. Paul persuaded his audience. Perhaps he knew that they were not well thought and grounded in the doctrine of giving, so he had to persuade them. Persuasion is not manipulation. You must separate both. Somebody can say, I beseech you by the message of God. Present your material stops. Present your wealth. And he says it again and again and again. In fact, Paul uses two chapters to, ex- to persuade them. Chapter 8 and chapter 9. Two whole chapters persuading the Corinthian church with respect to generosity. Now, Paul was not manipulating them. No. Paul, Paul was only persuading them. Hallelujah. Look at what it says in verse 1 of chapter 9. Now, concerning the ministry of the saints, the first "ministry" is talking about giving. It is superfluous, or rather superfluous, for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sensed the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared for we not to mention you should be ashamed of this confident boasting so he told them that well I knew that over one year ago you were willing to be generous he was reminding them of their as it were willing generosity all to persuade them hallelujah in Second Corinthians chapter 8, he begins to say the same thing again. Verse 1, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry, so the saints once again the first ministry into the saints is talking about supplying the needs financial material needs of the saints so Paul was referencing the Macedonian example he was saying the Macedonians have done well okay and I like you to imitate them he was doing all of that to persuade the Corinthians glory to Jesus Hallelujah. glory to Jesus Hallelujah. look at it again in verse um, 10 of chapter 8 and in this I give advice it is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and with desiring to do a year ago note that phrase it is the advantage but now you must also complete the doing of it all this was in the context of giving financially Uh, where was I, where was I, where was I, given of it that as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be completion out of what you have. For if there is a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, and their abundance also may supply your lack that there may be equality. As it is written, he that gathered much had nothing left over, he that gathered little had no lack. All of this, Paul was persuading. Persu- not manipulating. Persuading. You see him say, advice. He don't see threats. You don't see shaming. He told them, I don't want you to be ashamed because we had already praised you. And said, you guys are going to send stuff one year ago. So I don't want you to now go there and be disappointed. He was just trying to persuade them, not manipulating them. So you see that that is a biblical concept of... Persuading the saints to be generous. Amen. Paul also talks that personal benefits comes to you when you are generous. Not selfish benefits. Personal benefits. Understand the conversation here. Look at what Paul says here. He says this is to your advantage. Chapter 10. Or chapter, chapter chapter 8 verse 10 it is to your advantage and then in chapter 9 and verse 6 i said it so you you sow sparingly will reap sparingly he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so let each one give as he proposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity but god oh for god loves a cheerful giver so paul is letting them see that well there's an advantage a personal advantage of giving but not a selfish advantage So it is also okay in motivating saints to tell them you'll be blessed. However, we must also teach them that the, the motivation for giving should not just be to be blessed. Hallelujah. When Paul said it is blessed, more blessed to give than to receive, it was motivating them. However, it was not motivating them for selfish lust and selfish desires and to make giving a, a business. Give 100, you collect 1,000. You give 1,000, collect 10,000. You walk your way, you give your way to be a millionaire. You give 10,000, you collect 100,000. You give 100,000, you. Co- that's, not, that's not how it works. No. But in, in teaching them the concept, you notice it tells them what they stand to gain. It is to your advantage. God loves a cheerful giver. He says, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow multiple, you will reap. He told them what's at stake. That this thing, it works. However, he didn't say it with a tone that suggested that's the only motivation or that's the ultimate motivation. So there's a difference between personal advantage and selfish advantage. Hallelujah! And then one last point here from First Corinthians 16:9, Paul expected them to give according to how they received. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 1 rather. Now concerning the collection of the saints, the first collection of the saints, meant monies that the saints were supposed to contribute. As I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so we saw Macedonia in the Corinthian letter, we saw Gal- Galatia in this first letter. That means that there were other churches like that, the Paul was collecting money from and teaching about giving. So you must do also, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. Storing up as he may prosper. But what as he may prosper is not in the original writing is as you have prospered, not as you may not it's not saying store up so that you will prosper. It's saying as you have prospered, stop. So I've prospered a thousand nera, I can stop hundred nera, fine, store that up. I've prospered ten thousand naira, I can stop a thousand naira, store that up. Are we together here? Yes, Storing up as he may prosper. That there be no collections when I come. That's the pattern. People should not be giving just according to the need of the house or the need of the saints, but according to how God has blessed them. That's why what I give will not be what you give. Because how God has blessed me is not how God has blessed you. No. I don't expect. I mean, I remember that the first offerings I used to give were 1500 notes. And then subsequently I began to give hundred naira. Subsequently I began to give two hundred naira. Subsequently I began to give five hundred naira. And now I give a thousand naira. So, and subsequently it, will, it because God keeps blessing me. So as God blesses me, I'm not going to say, just naira." Money does not matter in the eyes of God. That woman, that widow woman, she gave she gave a widow's mind. So and God says it's the best. No 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 no. The widow's mind was justified because that was according to how God has blessed her. Are you a widow? Sorry, but even if if somebody is a widow, but the point is, the widows might suggest poverty, wretchedness. So, I mean, it's according to how God has blessed you. And God has blessed you much, or if you have, I, I don't want to say how God has blessed you, if you have received much from God, because God wants to bless you much. It's not like God is stingy, and God is withholding funds from you. But maybe you have not learned how to receive, or there are no structures of reception, because of the current seasons of your life. You're not working. You know, you're you are, you are still trying to build a business, all of that, fine. As you have received from God, then you also become generous. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, all right. Now let me tie this message up in about 10 minutes there about The motive for giving. Number one, give as a lover of men. When you are giving men, give because you love. Give because you love. Love must be your driving force. Look at the first Corinthians chapter 13. I quoted that earlier. Let me read it. And verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all the faith so that I could move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Look at that. And though I give my body to be burned, look at that. But I have not love, it profits me nothing. So, genuinely love people, as in genuinely. Stop giving to use people, stop giving to control people, stop giving to manipulate people. Genuinely love people, and out of that love, give. Glory to God. Genuinely love the church. Love the people of God. Love the saints of God genuinely. Let your love be without hypocrisy. Then out of that love, give. Otherwise, you notice you are giving, but your giving does not profit anything. Because, I mean, you are not doing it in the way God recommends or God commands. So, to improve your giving, improve your love. Simple as that. It's not about improve your finances. Improve your love. If your finances are rich, but your love is poor, your giving will be poor. Cultivate love for people, genuinely care for people. Because look at look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I think it's chapter 8. Paul mentions that. Verse 13. I do not mean that others should be eased and you'll be burdened. Because Paul was saying, I'm trying to motivate you to give to people. And the essence of giving or extracting funds from you is so that you will be. Burdened, no it tells us the principle here he says verse 14 but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack because the church at Achaia or corinth all right at this time had surplus maybe their harvest in their farms was much and so paul was saying okay you guys have much now then it, the right thing to do is to give to those who have less the motivation is love glory to god my wife knows, one of the things that makes me angry is if I check account balance and it is very low I will fight with her that that's your account balance low. she may say I use the money to buy suits for you I use the money to buy shoes for you she doesn't say it completely but she sometimes I demand, what, what do you use money do? so I say there must be equality, I cannot be the I'm the man of God, I'm the one who I giving. and my wife does not, no no, no, no 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 so I receive, I distribute so that there will be equality, that's the love principle Amen. Amen. May you marry a good husband? Nobody will go say, you got your money, I got my money. Everybody, may you marry a good husband? And you guys, may you marry a good wife? Hallelujah. Yeah. So, so love, is, love is the motivation. Love is the motivation. That like you know that there should be equality. I can't be using Rolls Royce, you know, get Okada. Eh? You see, and that's why, uh, see, if, I'm, if, if, I, if I have the audience to speak to the body of Christ, the things I will say, it will, I will break too many tables. Because some of the things that people do, some of the things that people flaunt, you just say this, you don't, you don't know scripture, you, you know, this is not, this is not the way. You have 17 cars, doing what with it? With what? And your brother, your fellow brother, does, is, does, does he have anything? And you say, God, God has had a covenant of wealth? You, are, you, are, you, don't, you don't know stuff, sir. With due respect, you don't know stuff. Covenant of wealth? Yes, I agree, but you don't know the essence of the covenant. That he may establish his covenant. That's why I give you wealth. And what is his covenant? Equality is part of it. God was not happy that there were poor men among the Jews. If you command them, when you have this, you must deliberately leave some for the poor to come and clean on. Equality! Of course, we cannot have equality in that sense where everybody will have even things. But then, to see that you have enough to share and refuse to share. Some of you have ten suits, ten shoes. And you, there are people who are wearing rags around you. How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? Says my man, my grandma gave it to me. You carry to your grave, Abi. you? catch you carry your grave. But what is it? Glory to God. Let love motivate you. Number two here. Give to obey and to please God. That one says, day. You, There may be no profit from it as it were, but if it's an act of obedience towards God, we could give. Look at it in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6. The writer speaks about certain sacrifices. Sorry, Hebrews 13, 16, please. All right, but do not forget to do good and to share. Everybody say to share. share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So the sacrifice of sharing may not be convenient, but because God is well pleased, I'm motivated hallelujah. Amen. I was telling a sister of mine and I told her, you cannot for instance, be solid in devotions Bible reading and prayer. If you only think about the profits you get from it I prayed and God answered so I'll pray again. No. You must pray because God commands you to pray. That's your motivation. You are obeying God when you read the Bible. I don't feel like it but I must obey God. I don't feel like it, It's not convenient. I don't have time. I'm busy but I must obey God. That's the chief motivation to please God to obey God. It's not about whether I like it, whether I enjoy it, whether it's fun, do it, doing it. I came to the church because it's fun, church is fun. Sometimes church is not fun, like now. Hey, I think, hey, this man won't collect our money. But uh, well, you, you are supposed to, by the precepts of scriptures, not neglect the gathering together, the assembling together of saints. You are busy, you are tired, you are not happy, you are depressed, you are not in a good mood, God says don't neglect the gathering. Saints. Are you getting it here? When you are motivated by obeying God, pleasing God, you notice you are consistent at doing it. No matter how things around you change, there's a consistency. Glory to God. The motivation I have for taking care of my wife is to obey God and to please God. That's why it is not necessarily a reciprocal gesture. My wife takes care of me more than I take care of her. But even if she stops taking care of me, I must obey God. Because I'll give an account of how I treated my wife. Yeah, I'll give an account. And God will not say, "Okay, based on how she treated you, how did she, treat, how did you treat her?" No, that's not how God will say it. Though. Oh yeah, you are a husband. Judge, judge, judge. How did you treat your wife? It's not about that. She was not good to me, so I also showed her again. It doesn't work like that. It's not like that. You do not know how you are treating God. Has God, as God, as God revenged? Yeah. So if you, if the, if everybody plays that card. Hallelujah, Amen. and then one last point here. Please give because it is good for you. Let me say that is give for your own good. That's also a motivation. Now, I like the way it said in Ephesians chapter 6, this was with respect to giving to parents. Ephesians chapter 6, and verse 1 and 2 children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father. And the phrase, honor your father, is actually a financial generosity text, actually. It's not talking about the valet to kiss them or kneel them. That's not, the, that's not the, the original text here. Honor your father means that you should support financially your parents. And he says it is the first commandment with promise. Now, in persuading and motivating the saints, look at what Paul now says. He says... It is the first commandment we promise. Verse 3: that it may be well with you. Say it to you, remember, for me. <laughs> Call it daff well. Call it daff well. Give so that, so that it goes better for you. Eh? Give. This say, Bible motivation. I want it to be better for me. I think the word Olori Brook is unfortunate, yeah. in a more nice way. Say, an unfortunate head. I don't want to be an unfortunate head. So I give. I give to parental authority. I give to spiritual authority. Because the Bible says that it is going to be well with me. Announce also says that uh, I, will be, I will live long on the earth. Eh? You do diet plan. You do exercise. Eh? You do know, chop noodles. You don't know, chop coke. But you don't practice this honor. <laughs> you appear prematurely before the throne room. They so say, why did you come this early? You will now, your mouth will now condemn you. See? The Bible says that if I don't give to my parents, I will not be well with me and I will not live long. These scriptures is fulfilled in your eyes. Do you understand me here? Eh? Yes, For your own good. For your own good. Give. For your own good. Give. The, the, the greatest eh, the greatest recipient of the blessing when you give to God when you give to men, it's you. When you give to your parents, it's you. When you give to your church, it's you. It's you. God commands giving for your good. Glory to God. Hand to your feet. Pray for 5 minutes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on. The spirit of generosity rises up in me. Rises up in me. I have been taught. It is established. I know the truth. I am set free and the one God prevails in my heart i give i'm a giver i'm a giver i'm a giver i'm a giver that's my identity i'm a giver i give for the right reasons i give with the right motive i give with the right attitude not grudgingly not sparingly but generously as i propose in my heart that's how i give that's why i give And the holy ghost establishes in my heart Rabakoma no shoot to ten days. It's established in my soul. It's established in my soul. It's established in my soul. No longer will I give grudgingly, for I've been taught by the Lord. No longer will I give spirally. I do it for my good. <laughs> I do it in love. I do it in love. I do it in love. Come, come and pray come and pray come and pray here pray here pray here pray here let the word of God be mixed with the spirit of God and faith rise in your soul the faith that leads to good works God is able to make all grace abound towards you he gives seed to the sower bread to the eater it doesn't matter the stage of your life whether you are an eater or you are a sower there is a giving from the Lord there is a giving from the Lord Makadabasekete Greek debalush. Meke de bras ten kekekobalamash. Mekele brandede de stekatakataya We trust that you've been blessed by this teaching. We look forward to receiving your testimonies, prayer requests, and feedback. You can send us a mail at judamaye at yahoo.com. That is J U D A H M A Y E at yahoo.com. Till next time, remain in the consciousness of God's word and power. Thank you.